This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Let's go a little bit different direction than day 9,848 of the hard market. Let's talk a little bit about some things that are contributing to this that we need to be concerned about as agents. It'd be good to geek out a little bit about things like financial stability and ratings agencies and downgrades. You just totally went into shortstop mode. I did. I just saw you physically do the thing where you rock back on your heels Mm -hmm. and then you move your body forward just the way a shortstop does. You just had a podcasting shortstop moment. When you create muscle memory through decades of activity and movement, and then you train two daughters and multitude of other athletes to do the same, I doubt that I could ever argue against naturally doing that. <laughs> so you're excited. We're going to geek out today, which means I'm about to learn a lot of the back end of the industry. I'm hearing our agents talking about downgrades a lot, and I understand that this is contributing to the challenges of our hard market. But beyond that, what does that really mean for our agencies and where do we need to be concerned? A couple of things. And everybody's nervous because we've seen a lot of carriers go out of business, become insolvent over the last few years. And a lot of times that starts with a ratings downgrade. You've got various ratings agency with AM Best being the largest and oldest. And then you've got Demotech, newer ratings agency. And, and a lot of situations happen where a carrier can get a Demotech rating, but they can't get an AM Best rating. And AM Best requires some historical data and requires you to be around for a little while and be able to prove some things out, whereas Demotech has some what do you look like right now capability. And these rating agencies are necessary because mortgage companies on the homeowner side is really where it really comes in, but certainly across all lines of business. Mortgage companies a lot of times will not accept a uh, policy from a carrier that's below, say, a B plus or, or an A minus rating. So these rating agencies have letter ratings, A, B, C, et cetera. And sometimes it's got a plus or a minus. It's a report card. It's a report card. It says how much policyholder surplus and how much financial stability you have. And do you have the ability in a catastrophe or multiple catastrophes to sustain yourself with your exposure and all those things? These report cards that are available tell the mortgage industry that the policy that they're accepting for the risk is acceptable. If there is a ratings downgrade on a carrier, it can cause havoc for clients and ultimately for the agency itself, because you have a little bit of a ripple effect, some dominoes that happen there. You have things like E&O concerns. You have things like, are they okay? Are they going to pull the insolvency? When we see a downgrade, which has happened and is happening right now, you get really concerned because of what you've experienced in the past as an agent. It all has to do with the hard market itself and carriers trying to get back in the black and carriers increasing rates, pulling back their new business writings. All of this is connected in some way or another. I understand as an agent why it would be a little disconcerting to write business with a carrier that's just been downgraded. Some policies, and I would not say all, 
but certainly a, a fair amount of policies out there are going to or do exclude insolvency claims from a carrier that is below, say, an A minus. Okay, so a B plus or lower or a B or lower rating. And so if you have a policy exclusion in your E&O that is excluding claims that have to do with that carrier going insolvent, when a carrier is downgraded, if you have one of these policies or if your policy has that exclusion in it, then what happens is that you have a business decision to make. It doesn't mean they're not going to respond to a claim on something legitimate for a carrier or on a carrier that has a B or less rating. So the reason you would want to be concerned is if you have a carrier that is downgraded below an A minus, a downgrade from an A plus to an A or an A to an A minus, you're fine. A downgrade into below an A minus, into the B range, the antenna needs to go up. And the reason the antenna needs to go up is because first and foremost, you need to look at your E&O policy. You need to see if you have an exclusion around insolvency claims. And what that means is if the carrier goes insolvent and claims are not paid, then your E&O is going to be exposed. Customers would then come after your E&O for coverage of their unpaid claim. If you have an exclusion for carriers with a certain rating and below, then that E&O claim could be denied. So that creates exposure within the realm of our independent agencies in the event of these carrier downgrades. And so we have to understand what our coverage is as an agent, but we also have to understand whether that's an issue for us or not. We have a business decision to make because look, a carrier going to a B doesn't mean that they're going to be in A carrier going to a B simply means that they've had some trouble and they're working their way through it. And B sometimes goes back to an A and sometimes B leads to a further downgrade. Anything below a B, you're pretty much headed down the road of insolvency or acquisition. And so there's a little bit of question in agency ownership minds that happen when you see these downgrades start to happen because it just puts things on a little less sure footing. In other words, what you're telling me is that as an agency owner, I probably need to read my E&O policy and know what it says. I'm going to encourage you to do that. I'm going to encourage you to do what you tell your clients to do. And the main thing is read your exclusions. That's the thing you need to pay attention to is look at your exclusions and see what is excluded. For instance, an E&O policy today is going to exclude cyber. Cyber is a professional liability line, but because of the nature of cyber and that type of risk being split off on its own policy, policies have started excluding cyber. That happened several years ago. That's just a, a really easy example of exclusions. And so the main thing you want to do is go to your policy and read your exclusions and look for C exclusion or carrier ratings exclusion and just check that out and make sure that you're okay. And that's going to help you. That's like step one, because I want to be clear. I'm not telling you that you can't do business with a B rated carrier. There's been many situations throughout my career where we were doing business with B rated carriers and we were okay with it and it was comfortable and we understood where they were. Sometimes it's size plus 
recent loss history. You can reassure yourself by talking to the carrier about their reinsurance. You can understand what their real exposure is there and you can make a business decision. So I don't want to do the chicken little on you because I'm really big about not being a chicken little and not being the sky is falling because that's not the way I want to come across. What I want you to do is I want you to be informed and I want you to be able to take a calculated risk of what fits because you may have a carrier that drop to a B really that's going to be temporary and it's going to go back to an A or an A minus and that whole exclusion question just goes away in a matter of a year's time. Is this one of those times when you really want to establish a relationship with a carrier that's maybe taken a hit like this? Is this a way that you can quote unquote get in good with a carrier by establishing those relationships? and even writing with them to help them brew this? Or does it not work that way in the insurance industry? I think the real big question there is, are they still open for new business or have they restricted their writings to restrict their additional exposure? And most of the time when you see a ratings downgrade, you see a pause of new business because they want to get their existing book healthy and their existing book of business profitable again. And one of the ways they want to do that is by price increases, number one, And then eventually there you're going to see some coverage reduction, number two, in order to try to regain that profitability and get back on solid footing from a ratings standpoint. So the ultimate answer is yes, but maybe in a slightly different way. And that is, how can I partner with you, Mr. or Mrs. Carrier, to help you through this time? That's a wonderful place to be as an agency owner, especially in situations where it's a very reputable carrier, long-term carrier. We all have hard times. None of us are immune to downturns and struggles in our businesses. When you have situations like right now where our carrier partners are having these struggles, I think it's extremely good as agency owners that we approach it with, how can we help? Not in a negative lens of how dare you shut off new business. Natural thing is these jokers cut me off. I can't write new business. They're not partners of mine. That's crazy to think that way when they're making a strategic decision, whether you agree with it or not, that's the decision they're going with to try to be profitable. And they're making that decision with the most available data available to them. And some of that could be reinsurance saying you got to shut it off. You have to also understand that they're not all sitting in an ivory tower punching buttons. Some are making the best decisions that are available to them. And in some cases, they're making decisions that are being dictated to them by their reinsurance carrier, especially the smaller regional or state level carriers. So how would I know all of this is happening? You're going to know the downgrade based on insurance journal, rough notes, emails, subscribing to insurance, business magazine. Certainly, if you're a member of an agent association or an agency network, these are really valid reasons to be a part of an agency network, bias included. Be a member of some agency network out there, in my opinion, or certainly agent associations, because they're going to communicate that information You're probably going to see it on social or on news outlets, trade news journals, but the group's going to help as well. The other thing is that a lot of times the carriers will be taking action and they'll communicate that. The issue is how would you know what your policy says? Because we're salespeople, right? How would you know that you have an exclusion? How would you know that this is a problem? Unfortunately, some of this is learned 
behavior because people went before you and messed up. I've been through a few insolvency situations. The worst of my nearly three decades in the industry was a company called Texas Select back in 2006. Somewhere between three and 500 million, maybe even closer to 600 million in premium in the state of Texas. The mold crisis got it, plus some other problems, really questionable decisions uh, around their leadership, just taking on more risk than they had the capital to support. They just were a carrier that was available and agents flocked to them. Funny story there, we were owned by a banker. And one of the things that he did was he reviewed carrier contracts before I reviewed carrier contracts. And he looked at those carrier financials, especially when you had a carrier coming in that was new. And in the beginning, we had an opportunity to pick up Texas Select and offer it across about 300 of our agents at the time that we were doing market access for. And their financials scared the mess out of us. I think we were more stable than they were as an agency. And they had a huge amount of reinsurance available to them. And that was their selling point. Whether it was a good call or a bad call, I still don't know. I, I struggle with it because over the course of about a three-year period, when we weren't very big, by the way, we missed the opportunity to earn about $3 million. That's the revenue that we left on the table by declining to do business with this company. Now, we got the last laugh, so to speak, in that that carrier three and a half years later became insolvent and we were out of that problem. We did not have to scramble. We did not have to replace customers. It was a mess. We did get to stay on the sidelines in that, but it's something that is vivid in my mind because we had a lot of agents that we worked with who picked up Texas Select through either a direct contract or another market access provider and they were scrambling and they ended up scrambling back to us for help placing that business with other carriers. And they had to replace sometimes three, 400 policies within 60 days. You talk all the time about us needing to be a good partner with our carriers. Where do you suggest that we draw the line between being a good carrier partner and protecting ourselves and protecting our clients? I think it's a fine line that starts with is this an admitted carrier that we're talking about in your state? And does your state have a guarantee fund? I think most do, if not all. But I know that my experiences in states surround whether or not the guarantee fund is there that's going to pick up some slack. So that starts with very bottom line kind of foundational thing. Not that you want your clients to be in that spot or you want to expose your agency to E&O claims because you left them with a carrier that ended up having to be backstopped by the guarantee fund. But that is a huge decision maker. Because if you're dealing with surplus lines, if you're dealing with non-admitted companies, you don't have that backstop. It's not there. You have to act super quickly if you discover a non-admitted company that's having financial ratings and financial problems. An admitted company, you get a little more leeway. I understand that there's a whole segment of the agency channel or the industry that's going to say, oh my gosh, are you saying rely on the guarantee fund? No, I'm not saying rely on the guarantee fund. I'm saying that if it's an admitted carrier, then the reality of it is you do have a backstop with the guarantee fund, which helps you make this 
where there's not a hard line. There's a partnership feel. There's a relationship issue. Do you have a relationship with that carrier? Do you trust the rep? Do you trust the carrier that you're getting valid information? Those are really important. And I think that's really important for our carrier partners to know honesty wins, be a true partner so that agents can be partners back with you. There's some inherent trust things that have to be there that have to be in place. Your gut's going to be the overriding factor. If you see things like you're constantly fighting with their claims people about getting things paid on time or having issues there, all of these little things are indicators that go into the pros and cons of how far to go with that partnership. I am fairly patient when it comes to this thing, because losing a carrier in the independent agency channel today is a lot different than losing a carrier 25, 30 years ago. Because of consolidation acquisitions, we just have less carriers at the national or super regional level. I want to be a good partner. We need to remain independent agencies with choice, and we can't do that if we are causing pain for the carrier partners. I want to continue to have a lot of choice in the marketplace. And so I tend to lean towards how can I help you? How can I be a stronger partner for you? How can I help you through this rough patch? And oh, by the way, I need brutal honesty from you because if I've got a problem, I need to know. Because the reality of it is, if you're not honest with me, Mr. or Mrs. Company Rep, if you are really in trouble and you're not telling me the truth, you're going to end up somewhere else and I'm not going to be able to trust you wherever you end up at. There's some inherent things that you can't necessarily put in writing or whatever within the industry of carrier reps. They're probably going to stay in the industry. That reality of honesty and transparency is very important for this relationship building and knowing where that line is. It sounds like what you're saying is ultimately this goes back to relationship. And ultimately, it goes back to what we've been saying, what Gary V has been saying is be nice and find out when we can help someone, find out how they can help you. Sometimes agents can get a little hot-headed with carrier reps because it feels like what have you done for me lately? How would you caution agents? I think you have to make it personal. I think you have to put yourself in their shoes. And I also think you have to understand that if you do that, just like when you have a customer yelling at your people or yelling at you, if you're a solopreneur, they're probably yelling at you because they're frustrated about something else. And you're the moment that they got the price increase and everything just come to a head at that moment. And that's why they're yelling. It's the same way. If you are yelling or responding negatively towards a carrier rep because they're bringing you some kind of bad news, you have to understand they are not sitting around going, I wonder what kind of bad news I can create to talk to agents about this week. If we're just reacting to them and negative yelling, going off on them, you have to understand they're bringing news that they're being dictated to. So somewhere up the totem pole, there's some decisions being made. And why are those decisions being made? Are those decisions being made to protect the company from going out of business, get back to profitability? Are you going to assume that those decisions are being made out of greed? Because I think that's what happens with the reaction is how dare you do this? Now, my one caveat there is I think it is justified when things are tough and people are going through hard times, when the sort of right off the bat, we're going to reduce commissions. I'm going to yell at that because I need to know what you've done as a carrier 
before you went to the commission reduction process. I need to understand you've got to do a better job of communicating with your agents and explain to them in something better than due to market conditions, we're forced to do this. Due to market conditions and after we have exhausted all these things internally to reduce our carrier expense ratio, we have no other choice but to reduce commission from 13 to 12. Be transparent because if you don't, as an agency owner, I'm going to react that way because what you just did is you come in and you said, I'm reducing your pay 20%. And if I flip that around, to carrier executive or carrier rep and said, hey, I'm reducing your pay 20% next year. What are you going to do? The reality of it is that you're probably not going to stay in your job. The agent equivalency is you're probably going to see if there's another carrier you can move that business to. That defeats the retention process that I think the carrier is trying to go into in order to become profitable and get back in the black. So they just shot themselves in the foot because it feels to the agent like they're stabbing them in the back and they're saying partnership on one end, but we're reducing your commission on the other. That's really difficult. And if agents can move from salesperson to agency owner in ownership and put themselves at the same level as the executives at the carriers, because we are, whether we're operating a five-employee agency, a 50-employee agency, or the carrier's a thousand employees, we're all CEOs, we're all executives, and we're all trying to make the best business decisions for our individual businesses. But we all work in concert with each other. And when one piece of that puzzle takes action without fully messaging it and explaining it and communicating it clearly, because the nuclear option in the independent agency channel is the reduction of commission. If you do that, then you have to understand what the nuclear result is going to be. And I don't think that's smart. And yes, I'm a little biased because I'm representing the independent agency channel, but I am thinking about it from a make it personal standpoint. If you didn't also come in and tell all of your employees and all of your C-suite and you yourself that you're also going to take a 20% reduction in pay, then there's a hypocritical nature to what you're doing. That's another little place where you can say, where is the line? Commission reduction is a pretty good line. Are you happy you got to geek out this much today? Not really. My head hurts. I don't like geeking out like this too much because it really stresses me out. I see things positive and you made me stress out today. So tell me what's positive about this whole situation. What's positive is that even though we're at day 9,000 and change, whatever you said, of the hard market, I do not believe we're going to get to day 40,000. Okay, that's what's positive. We're not going to get that far. There is going to be a cycle change. And and look, you're a business owner. You get to make independent decisions. And one of the really good things about a hard market for independent agencies, especially those independent agencies that have grown up in the captive system and you were a product pusher because that's the way it was pushed at you and you were a salesperson only, the hard market will help you mature from sales salesperson to business owner. You don't have a choice. You either mature into the ownership mindset or you're probably going to be one of the agents that is pruned out of the system. If you don't make this transition from salesperson to ownership, then that's going to be a struggle for you. And this is whole thing's going to be a struggle for you because you're going to get mad when you don't have as much to sell or you don't have the right thing that you've always had to sell. But you actually have this really incredible business that you can tweet and manage and 
get better at and grow even through this type of cycle. So I think that is a huge positive for a hard market, this maturity and maturing process from salesperson to ownership. Speaking of maturity, I need your opinion. I'm good at opinions. I found an eight foot tall, inflatable, stay puffed marshmallow man for our front yard for Halloween. No, the answer is no. But I'm not an inflatable. I'm not an inflatable either. Like, I, I don't love inflatables at Christmas or whatever. But this is Halloween, and this is an eight-foot-tall Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Cute boy called me. The answer's no. I've got his back. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Lou Holtz. Don't tell me how rocky the sea is. Just bring the ship in. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.